You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Yeah, I thought we, you know, it would have been a shame to lose this game. I thought we deserved the win. Um, you know, we struggled to make some little plays down the stretch, like rebounding, of course, and, and we didn't we didn't make some hoops that we, we got good looks at. So it would have been a, it would have been a tough one to swallow if we lost this one. But thankfully, we gutted it out. We found a way to come back. And very much like it was a carbon copy of the other day, but uh, proud of our effort. That was Chris Finch after the third straight win. Wolves added a fourth straight win last night with another big fourth quarter over the Golden State Warriors. Mackie and Judd here, scorenorth.com and the Scornorth app. And uh, Gerson Rosas, Timberwolves president of basketball operations. And dare I say friend of the show? Friend of the show? <laughs> big time, big time friend of the show. There it is. Yeah, friend of the show here. Uh, joins us, Gersa. Uh, do you? So we'll get into the four-game winning streak. We have a bunch of questions just about how great the team has looked. But uh, we were immersed in in NFL draft round one last night. Do you ever watch other leagues' drafts? Oh man, it's one of my most favorite things. And the, the pandemic is not helping us right now. But Rick Spielman is a great friend. Uh, we spend a lot of time together. Usually during our draft, he'll come over. During their draft, we go over and. Uh, you know, with the schedule the way it is, you know, we texted back and forth. I, I didn't want to bother him, but I'm a big fan of it. There's so much to learn. I mean, we have a two-round draft, the NFL, Major League Baseball. There's so much to learn from other sports. It's one of the, the, the most important things that I do and our staff does is we get around other teams, uh, especially the local team between the, the Vikings and, and the Twins um, and even, you know, uh, the Wild and uh, University of Minnesota. There's there's great people in this market. This is a great sports town. But privately, I love it, man. I love to be able to sit in, in a room where I'm not the one making the decision and seeing somebody else stressed out as they work through it and uh, <laughs> see their processes and dynamics. But nothing like draft night in any sport at any level. And uh, you learn so much and uh, you get exposed to so much. I I really miss not being able to be a bigger part of it, but I was happy for the Vikes last night. It seemed like they did a lot of good work. Are drafts fun or, or just stress? Because the uh, you know if if you you get the picks right, I'm sure it's great, uh, but it's a, a wait and see process. Certainly, do you enjoy the actual process when you're doing it, or or is the stress so great that it, it that to say enjoyment is, is a term would probably be off base a little bit? That's a great question. Thank you. See now Thank you're just you. now you're just sucking. You did the last time for you, Max. It's ridiculous. I, it's ridiculous. I, I keep it. I keep it transparent. No, uh, he's, he's keeping not. score too. He gave me the point this yeah. time. You got the point last time. This man knows what he's doing. All right, all right. Just for the record, now uh, I have 26 good questions, uh, and Judd has 25 on the season. So I, I maintain a one point lead on Judd. There's still time in this interview, but uh, no. To answer that question. Uh, if you can't enjoy this, you shouldn't be doing the job. I mean, stress is uh, uh, an understanding, a belief that you have to go through when you make these decisions, but you have to enjoy it. And for us, it's really the uh, it's the full circle of it's not even a year. It's sometimes four, five, six years as you study these draft classes and where they're at at different points of their development. Uh, and it's like. It's almost like, you know, I don't want to pin it to like family or kids, but there is like you see these kids grow up high school, college, international, minor league. You see their development. You get to know them. You get different exposure points to them. And there's uh, there's a closure there in the draft where you're able to actually make decisions. And uh, for us here last year, having the number one pick, having multiple picks, working through that, it's, it's so fulfilling. Uh, a lot of times you do all the work. Uh, you don't have anything to show for it. Uh, anytime you have uh, resources and assets and picks to 
to maximize on, it makes it really fulfilling. And it, as a staff, you come together because you have scouts, you have coaches, you have front office execs. Everybody's bringing different pieces of information together. And you're doing something that's almost impossible to do, which is you're predicting the future on human beings and uh, how they're going to project, how they're going to develop, how they're going to maximize. So that's where the stress comes in. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, there's an educated process. Um, there's no secret formulas. There's no secret sauce. You want to leave out of there knowing, hey, we made the right decision for the right reasons, and you move forward. I, I love your take on my amateur take here, and I think I know what your answer is going to be, but a lot of people are sitting here like, it's great that the Wolves have won four in a row, but you want to keep that 40% chance to keep the pick that's top three protected and I mean, the best case scenario, you win a bunch of games and get some momentum going into the offseason and you keep the pick. That would be amazing. But for me, if it's an either or, the people that are sort of complaining about the Wolves winning too many games down the stretch and putting themselves in a worse position. Look, if this current nucleus of Towns and Edwards and D'Lo can't win some games down the stretch here, then, you know, I, I would say that there's a bigger problem altogether. And so I would I would rather see this nucleus get some momentum, win some games like they have, and then cross your fingers and hope that you can add another young asset in the draft. How do you balance that as you go into the last few weeks of the season here? Absolutely. I, I think fundamental to what you're speaking to, uh, it's what is our purpose here? And our purpose is to build a winning organization, to build winning culture, to build a winning environment. Uh, and the most important residents in our organization are our players. And uh, if our players don't know or understand that you're fully committed to winning, that's going to compromise their commitment to what we're trying to do here. And I, I hold that very near and dear to me in that as a steward of this organization, we have to represent our values. I also believe you don't screw with the game. You know, you do the right things for the right reasons and you'll be rewarded accordingly. You'll get what you deserve at the end of the day. And uh, that, you know, that pick is valuable. It's important, but it's not more valuable than what we're building here. And what you said, we've added a, a lot of talent to this group. We're finally healthy. We're finally in an opportunity where guys are together, even though we're still missing Beasley. Uh, but guys are producing and the players deserve a ton of credit. Coach and his staff deserve a ton of credit. The staff that helped put this team deserve a lot of credit, but you don't want to impact the character or the DNA of the team. Whatever's going to happen, whatever we deserve, we're going to get. And our ability to play strong till the end of the season, to make every day count, to make every game count, uh, is going to be important not only for now, but for the future, going into this offseason and going into next year. And when you see the development of a guy like Anthony Edwards, uh, Jaden McDaniels, if you're not doing everything to win, you're going to compromise their character and who they're going to be as players. And the talent, the potential, the upside that they have is too important, is too valuable for us not to maximize every window there. But it's it's what we did last year. You know, we had challenges last year. We had we've had challenges this year. You can't control some of those things, whether it's injuries or COVID or protocol or the season ending. The things you can control, you got to do the right things by them. And that's what our organization is going to do. Truth serum time. Gerson, if you lose the pick, so if if you don't get the draft pick, how much differently do you look at that trade than if you keep the pick? I mean, you're going to lose the pick at any point. It's the cost of doing business. Uh, we moved a, you know, we acquired a player in D'Angelo Russell who we really highly value and we feel like is an incredible fit next to our group. Might be our best shooter and a point guard that we desperately needed on this team. Uh, you know, when you're moving. Uh, a player, you have to put a, an incentive to it, and that was part of the deal. So for me, it's cost of doing business. You're going to lose the pick at some point. Uh, the good thing this year, it's protected. Uh, if we don't give it up this year, the next year it's unprotected. So there's risks all around it that you have to consider. But for us, as part of the deal, we gave up a pick, and we accepted that. That's cost of doing business. Um, you know, we we – what we acquired in that pick is going to be the difference in between us having success in the future. So we're fully committed to it, but whether it's this year or next year, uh, you know, that's a transaction that's already happened and we're moving forward. Listen, here's the good news. If the wolves lose the pick, they're going to have a little more time during the first round of the draft to go golfing. And that's why we recommend <laughs> PXG Minneapolis, a golfer's paradise. You can go to pxg.com slash Minneapolis and find those new gen four golf clubs, drivers, fairways, hybrids, and irons, the best performing clubs PXG has ever made, which is saying something. They make great golf clubs. 
PXG Minneapolis in Southdale Center and find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. So we, you know, admittedly, Ryan Saunders had been a friend of the show. We still love him, and, and he's sure. a great dude. Um, so I think my question is, clearly, clearly Chris Finch has done some things schematically and working with certain players, and health health helps too, but he has done some things schematically that are working right now. What is? Can you explain to our audience just from a from a a thirty thousand foot view what's working well and what is he so good at bringing out strengths in players? Yeah, I mean to be fair, and you referenced it, but you know Ryan Saunders is a big part of where we're at today. Uh, you know his commitment to this organization, to this group, to his players uh, is is very important, and he deserves a lot of credit. He gave us everything he had. Uh, the reality is, with this stage, with this team. We needed something different, and uh, Chris Finch is providing that. I think just his feel offensively, uh, what he's done is he's created a structure in place uh, for our guys to consistently build off of. And when you have a young group, when you have a developing group, that's very important. Our goal, our focus is what can we recreate on a consistent basis and what we're doing offensively in terms of how we're playing, how we're maximizing our top guys and how we're developing our young guys has been very important to us. And it's been a critical part of Anthony Edwards' success, Jaden McDaniel's success, Nas Reed's development and growth, um, Jared Vanderbilt. I mean, you go down the line, our, our young guys are taking steps forward and they're a big part of it is because there's a stronger uh, identity. There's a stronger structure uh, and, and to be fair, that lends on both sides. I think defensively, we're playing a different way. We're playing more active, more aggressive. Uh, it's, it's exciting for me to see, you know, some of these last teams that we've beaten, uh, just hearing the feedback after games. And they talk about us being athletic and long and physical and aggressive uh, on both sides of the ball. And that's who we need to be. And that wasn't the case as much over the last uh, season and a half. And we needed to get to that. Chris brings incredible experience. Uh, he's a guy that's coached at every level uh, internationally and domestically, and that helps. Uh, it helps you in terms of perspective. It helps you in terms of edge. He gives us an edge and an accountability, a toughness uh, that we were missing. And it's, it's not to say the latter was, was, was better or worse. It's just different. And this group needed something different at this stage, and it's coming out. We're taking on that identity. We're coming together. To be fair, uh, you know, our guys are healthy now, and they're playing together, and they're motivated, and they're committed to what we're doing. So for us, we, we have a strong sense of belief in this group and in this program, and it's good to see the results now that guys are healthy and on the court together. How good can ants be? Uh, I'll, I'll give you the perspective, which makes me feel good every day. Uh, this is a guy that should be a freshman in college this year. This is a guy that is late to the game. Uh, this is a guy who has no idea uh, what he's doing at this stage, just scratching the surface. And the adjustments that he's made over the year are so exciting. Uh, the belief uh, in him as a player, like, and I'll be honest with you, uh, Chris being here, one of the top priorities was to maximize Anthony and Anthony's character and allowing himself to be coached, uh, allowing himself to be challenged, allowing himself to be held accountable is translating to him becoming a better player even now. Uh, and it's exciting because when you talk about the talent is obviously apparent, but the physical tools, like he came into the league as the biggest, strongest wing as a 19 year old. I mean, his, uh, instincts aren't even there yet in terms of basketball but his shooting is getting better every day his uh, efficiency is getting better his attacking is getting better uh, his defense continues to improve he's a guy that can be a two-way player with elite talent and skill that can be very very special in this league uh, last thing for you because I think Declan would slap us around if we didn't ask about his guy <laughs> Jaden McDaniels right Dex that's right uh <laughs> Theathletic.com did a redraft of last year's draft. And Dex, where they have Jaden at like 10th? Yeah, they had him at 10th. They had him at 10th in, in the redraft. And I know draft hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? You can always redraft and reshuffle. But I mean, were you, were you like that surprised that he fell to you at 27? So our, our staff deserved a ton of credit. Uh, we were big, big fans of his going into the draft. Uh, we actually had 
two or th- three players that we considered at the same talent level at 17. And because we had two or three players at that level, we decided to do uh, the trade with OKC. We were able to acquire Ricky. Uh, once we knew we were going to draft Anthony, we wanted Ricky to mentor Anthony uh, with some of his experiences with Donovan Mitchell and even Devin Booker. We thought that was really relevant. But because we had three guys on the board we really liked at that stage, we felt like we were going to gamble. And uh, our staff did an unbelievable job. We traded back. Uh, we traded back a second time. And the intel that our staff had was he was going to be there uh, 25 to 30 and that we were able to get there. Uh, and, 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 you know, you, you can always be surprised. Crazy things happen in the draft. But he was our target uh, there. We were fortunate we were able to acquire him there. But he was not. Uh, his talent level was much higher than that. And I think that's what makes the drafting process so hard is how you disseminate the information that happens. He goes from at one point being the number one ranked high school player in his class to having a very rough year uh, at Washington. And uh, we were very thorough uh, with our background, with our research, uh, with our scouting at Washington. Mike Hopkins is a good friend. He and I were on the USA basketball team together, and and he was great through the process. He just said, hey, we had a tough year. We had a lot of young players. Jaden kind of didn't find his way, uh, but don't sell him short. And uh, the more we got to know him, the better we got to understand him. Uh, You know, as as much as we liked him, and to be fair, because nobody has this as a science, um, you know, we felt like he would be a development project. Uh, we definitely did not expect uh, this much progress this soon, and he deserves a ton of credit. The coaching staff deserves a ton of credit. Uh, but from day one, uh, his feel, his instincts, uh, his defensive abilities really stood out. I'm excited when he gets his body together because the little things that he does go underappreciated. I mean, that pass that he had to Juancho yesterday just – his feel and his understanding of what's going on on the floor, his ability to defend one through four. We're very fortunate. Our our scouts, our staff deserve a ton of credit. They locked in on him early. We were fortunate. We were able to gamble a couple times and were able to acquire him when we acquired him. But uh, we are so excited to have him. And uh, his his ability fills a huge gap for us on our team. And we're excited that uh, we've got a chance to learn – to grow and develop with him as much as possible. That's what they say about Mackie and Joe. Once we get our bodies together, boys, once we get our bodies, then it's all. It's going to take a long time post-pandemic, Bill. Count me out. <laughs> Hopefully they beat you guys or, or we're in trouble. <laughs> uh, Gerson, we always appreciate the insight, man, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do it again sometime soon. We'll, pe- we'll pester you pre-draft and free agency with questions you probably can't answer, but it'll be good. I look forward to it. It won't be the first time. I'm sure it won't be the last time. (laughs) Gerson Rosas, president of basketball operations, Minnesota Timberwolves, and friend of the show. Friend of the show. You know it's a friend friend of the show. show. I don't need more friends, but the show does, clearly. The the show needs friends. (laughs) We do. So he he might, might, dare I say, dare I say, maybe one of the best friends of the show. Yeah, he's just a friend. He's uh he, he also enjoys handing out the good question point. He likes the good question too. competition. Yeah, yep. he clearly enjoys it. Yep. The amazing thing though is his last two appearances. Now he's split it. He gave you a good question last time, and he like, gave me the point this time. I feel like mine was organic, and then I feel like he oh, he had wow. it teed up that he was going to give you. I think I think he I think he, <laughs> no, I think but he I, choreographed it for you today. I'm not no, but lie. that's but that's my point. Not he's, that it wasn't a good question. No, I'm he's not, choreographing it though. That that's my point. He he <laughs> he went as far as to remember that he gave you the good question point last time. Like that's what's he's impressive. Been, he's keeping, he's keeping no, score. He's keeping yeah. score of the score. What do you think's on his whiteboard? Do you think do you think his whiteboard in his office is full of like play schemes and draft rankings, or do you think it's just the Mackie and Judd could, good question standings? It's probably a it's lot really of different pro- things, right? <laughs> it's probably like Mackie and Judd good question standings, um, draft pick stuff, current percentage like to keep things. the pick. Yeah. Jaden McDaniel's mural, yeah. you know, just all this great just stuff. A, just oh, that's a, my bad. Just a, my bad. Just that's a, my just room. Sharpie drawing. Declan's ability to absolutely fall in love with grown men who are athletes is really incredible. Jaden McDaniels, man. Like the Drew Lock, Jaden McDaniels, Teddy Bridgewater. I got a big I'm heart. in love with the way Jaden McD yeah. plays. Oh, yeah. Plays he's defense, got man. He's I got a big heart, big. man. I love yeah. hard. 
I so, love hard. All right, so thanks to Gerson. I know the, 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 the Timberwolves sort of uh, under the radar last night had a big fourth quarter on a night where everyone was focused on the NFL draft. But thanks to Gerson for coming on and, uh, and shedding some light on what makes the Timberwolves tick right now. But, boys, let's hear last night the Vikings traded back nine slots from 14 to 23 and still got the guy that was projected to go to them at 14, Christian Derrissaw. And they wind up, in terms of just like draft capital, they fleece the Jets and get two extra third-round picks. And uh, let's hear from some of the stakeholders from last night's first-round Minnesota Vikings taking Derrissaw. Rick, when there's a quarterback on the board and you guys are picking, how tough is that to pass up, just knowing that not a lot of teams have the option to draft you know, a potential top-five quarterback in the draft? Yeah, I'm, you know, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Um, but all I'm worried about is what we were trying to get accomplished tonight. <laughs> okay, so that okay, let's let's dive into that here. Okay, that was Courtney asking about basically asking, hey, Justin Fields was floating down there, and Mac Jones and Mac floated Jones, right yeah. past you. If you yep. would have, you know, to fifteen, exactly. Um, okay, we feel collectively really good about as we talked about last night on the live draft special about Christian Derrissaw and him helping fortify the offensive line, but according to Doogie. The Vikings really like Justin Fields. Doogie was texting us with inside information during our live stream last night. And they and they had discussions with the Lions to trade up from 14 to 7. The Lions were apparently asking for a lot. Uh, and there may have been other conversations with other teams. But Rick Spielman even said in his press conference after the game, or after the, the first round, that the Vikings explored trading up. So... Did the Vikings make a mistake not pouncing on Justin Fields while he was falling or Mac Jones, who fell even further? Okay, it's my personal opinion that the conversation can be had about Fields and if they should have tried to go up and get him or been aware that the Bears were going to do that by making a trade with the Giants. The Mac Jones pick was there to make, and they didn't make it. And it doesn't bug me. It doesn't bug me. I, I just feel that that there's look, he was on a great team. He was on a fantastic team. Bama is a juggernaut with um star power on the offensive line and the skill positions, right? And what scares me about Mac Jones is he didn't he it wasn't like he spent the last Phil two years or year as, oh my god, he's a great quarterback. It's gonna be fantastic. I feel like one team in particular, San Francisco, pumped his tires on purpose, and it was a lie. It was a lie. Uh, pumped his tires on purpose uh, to create confusion. And I don't even know exactly why uh, about if they would take, it was probably going to be Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. And and after convincing people and Shanahan convinced his buddies, I mean, Chris Sims and, and him are tight. And Chris Sims is the guy who months ago went on and said, they're going to take Mac Jones. They're taking Mac Jones. So Kyle went a long ways towards the subterfuge and convincing his friends we love Mac Jones. But beyond that, what did we know about Mac Jones that made us say, oh, boy, first he fell. He fell. So to me, the, the conversation about did they possibly make a mistake might apply to Fields. It might, and especially now that they're going to be faced with playing him twice a year with the Bears. But on the Mac Jones thing, I feel very good that they passed. And the last thing is the fact that they addressed left tackle with a guy who's not a short-term fix, this could be a long-term fix. This guy could be very good for a long time to me, is a great shot. It's a fantastic shot. And like if we were to go through the positions of where would you take a shot, like, and it's going to be a risk. They all are. I would say quarterback for sure, but not far behind. I also say left tackle. What about you, Dex? As a, you think the Vikings are going to re, are going to regret, and we have frozen Declan. Yeah, no, here I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm puzzled great. right now, trying to figure he's out. He's a ventriloquist. Look at him. Drew Locke. Uh, it's like a painting. It's the football figure. Long lost loves of my life. I piercing stare. I I know Doogie said that if they want to move up to number seven to get Justin Fields, it would have cost the 2022 first round pick. I think that's aggressive. Um, I don't think hindsight's twenty twenty. We will figure we'll figure out very soon if if that was worth if that was worth the price of admission. Uh, now moving up to ten, if it was the Cowboys or even the Giants, I don't think it cost next year's first round pick. I think it cost just mid tier draft capital. That conversation I'm about, and that that's something I think I would have entertained. But 
at the same time, the Vikings are insisting that they're going to run this back and they just have to plug and play a new offensive lineman. We have the weapons in place. We're going to put these plug-and-play defensive guys to get us back to being at least league average. I, I don't think it's going to creep into top 10 or top 5. I really don't. But I do think it's a significant improvement where it was last year. And taking a quarterback in 2021 doesn't help that equation of you being a better team in 2021. It might make you a better team down the road, but I think the Vikings, for the most part, made the right pick getting Derrissaw and getting a bunch of mid-tier picks that they can use to possibly package to move back up and find guys you can plug and play for depth pieces as well. Yeah, I think it's it's like the the fields and the Mac Jones thing is complicated. I'll just start with because Judd started dismissing Mac Jones and, and 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 putting a gap between him and Fields, but it was the Patriots that identified Mac Jones. Now, now what we don't know is did the Patriots behind the scenes try to trade up for Fields, right? And maybe we're told, okay, this is the price, or we could just wait and get Mac Jones and keep some of the other draft picks. So that's that's the one thing we don't know is did the Patriots have Mac Jones higher than Justin Fields or did they just not want to trade the capital that it would have taken to move up from 15? Maybe we'll never know because um, there are certain teams in sports like the Rays in baseball, the the Patriots in the NFL, uh, maybe the Warriors in the NBA, right? Where when they do when they do something, uh, when they do something, it generally makes you think, oh, did we miss out? Like, oh, Mac Jones to the Patriots. Did we? What, 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 what do they see in him that we don't, right? Uh, but I, I think there's two ways of looking at this. Way number one, if you're the Vikings going into the draft, you know, the, the, the first way to look at this is, okay, Kirk Cousins, he's in his mid-30s. He's expensive. He's the third highest cap hit in the NFL this year and the second highest next year. He's good, but not great. He's not very mobile, and he needs a really good offensive line and circumstances around him, right? So there's just, it's hard to win a Super Bowl and build the roster needed around those things, the expensive, good, not great quarterback who's not going to be able to overcome offensive line shortcomings. It's it's, it's hard to win a Super Bowl when you have those things in play. Mm-hmm. And so the Vikings had a shot to take either Justin Fields or Mac Jones, both on rookie contracts for five years, which would have allowed you to start the process of build, getting extra cap space in the next year or so, easy transition to, uh, to, the, to the quarterback of the future, but you would have essentially have been punting on helping this year's team until the 78th pick, right? Because drafting a quarterback in the first round doesn't help you this year. Correct. Really, I mean, maybe he comes in and lights it up, I guess, and Kirk becomes the backup. But it, it would have been a 100% future decision uh, after you spent the entire month of March matriculating cap space and bringing on defensive players and Patrick Peterson. Like, Patrick Peterson probably wouldn't have been too thrilled if they had drafted a quarterback of the future. Harrison Smith who has one year left in his contract, probably wouldn't have been too thrilled, right? Mike Zimmer. <laughs> Mike Zimmer maybe wouldn't have been too thrilled. So so there's that whole thing of like, I don't know if you can build the roster needed around the quarterback contract you currently have. Can you really win a Super Bowl with the path that you're on? This would have been your ticket to get out from underneath that contract with a quarterback of the future. That's the first way to think about it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Judd. Go ahead. Oh, Go ahead. I was going to say, too, what would change this discussion completely is if Fields had been there at 14 and they passed. I would rip them for that. Sure. So, so like if he had gotten to fourteen, but he didn't. Um, but that's the one. So if if Fields and Mac Jones had flipped, and and the Bears, God bless them, had traded up with the Giants and taken Mac Jones, and magically Fields is there at fourteen, then I think you have to take him. Yep. And they might not have, but that that's where I would have actually been upset with the decision. But he didn't get there. Sure. The second way to think about it is the draft is about to start. And there are reports that Aaron Rodgers is headed from the Packers to the Broncos out of the conference altogether. Mm-hmm. And and if that happens, Kirk Cousins becomes, especially with Matt Stafford also being swapped out of the division for Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins becomes the best quarterback in the division. And the Vikings become the odds-on favorites if they don't blow the draft to win the NFC North. I'll add to that, Adam Schefter this morning is reporting that Aaron Rodgers has begun telling teammates that he is not going to play for the Packers next year. So while the Packers sit here and say, this is all just fake news, this is all, we're we're committed to Aaron Rodgers for the foreseeable future, and he's already texting teammates, I'm out. I think he might retire before playing for the Packers again, right? And so, um, so with all of that, and the Vikings have already bolstered their defense through free agency, and and they've got these draft resources, starting with a first-round pick, that they can help improve the offensive line, et cetera. 
going all in for 2021 probably leads to a division championship and maybe a chance to make some noise in the playoffs. And, and, and so I could get behind both of those paths, but I understand why they are so all in on now, now, now. Justin Fields isn't now. Mac Jones isn't now. Christian Derrissaw is very much now. And so I, I understand their logic in in sticking to the the 2021 plan here. But Derrissaw also, he's he's not just like a fill-a-need-now guy. He's a fill-a-need-now right. guy who also could be a need guy in five years from now because he might be a franchise left tackle. Right. So it helps you for both. And this team does this. I, I mean, this is what the Vikings do. They make runs. They try. And they fall short at times. And they're successful as far as at least the occasional conference championship game appearance sometimes. But this is how they do things. If you're tired of this, that then you do need a GM and probably coaching change. If you're tired of, if, if you want them, if you want them to do what we talk about, this is not the administration that's going to do that. Now let's talk about the this one too subterfuge on prospects and especially uh, QBs because it goes both ways. Okay. On Mac Jones, the subterfuge there by, by San Fran is very simple. They talked him up. I don't remember anybody else and I might be wrong, but I don't remember any other team privately leaking out. Oh, Mac, we love him. Right. And, and conversely on fields, I, I feel like he was, the guy, and there's always a guy who is the victim of subterfuge going in the opposite direction, which is, man, he's got problems here that you didn't, that we didn't know about. So I think that those two switch places as far as, as Mac Jones, I think fell because he should have Justin Fields, I think shouldn't have, he did. Now the catch there is, and this is a problem. I mean, it just is Phil every single time it's done. The problem is the team that stopped Fields' fall is the Bears. And until the Bears actually develop a QB, and I mean do a really good job, I don't mean, oh, he's a pretty good quarterback. He's not too bad. Yeah. I mean, until the Bears actually do it, I'm not going to believe it because essentially in the lifetime of 51-year-old Judd Zolgad, they have not been successful. Jay Cutler was traded for, and he was pretty good, but he was traded for. So like until, so, so Justin Fields, unfortunately might've gone, might've gone to the exact wrong place. Yeah. If I'm, I'm, I'm just pulling up a list of bears quarterbacks drafted. Uh, so this is, I'm not kidding about the, my age. This is like, the list of bears yeah. quarterbacks drafted in like the last 30 years oh, high God. up. So Mitch Trubisky, number two overall, uh, Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Cade McNown was the 12th Oof. overall pick in yep. 1999. Yep. Rex Grossman was a first round pick in 2003. Yep. Jim Harbaugh was a first round pick in 1987 for them. And lunch, he was kind of just a, a lunch pay, just a lunch pail quarterback. Yep. Uh, they've had some second and third round picks too. Uh, Peter Tom Willis in oh, the third yeah. round in 1990. Oh, I remember Peter Tom Willis. Kyle Orton in 2005. Yep. So. I, there's there's two ways to look at this too for the Bears. Way number one is oh they finally finally got the guy right, and way number two is they never under they never identify the guy correctly exactly <laughs> ever. Yeah. So uh, these draft takes by us, by the way, are presented by Federated. You know, listen, Kirk Cousins needs some insurance, man. He needs that left tackle to be protecting his blind side. And if you're a business owner, you need protection for your blind side. The things that you don't see coming, the risks. And the potential things that could put a dent in your business. Well, that's where Federated comes in with over 100 years of experience helping business owners across the Twin Cities. You can go to federatedinsurance.com to find a full list of industries Federated protects. And you can find out more about how MyShield, the online client destination for risk management tools, how they can help you as well. So federatedinsurance.com. Remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Um, What do you think is... For the Vikings here, and I know that like most people are probably going to listen to this um, after the second and third rounds are are in effect, but just just to be on the record here, what do you think constitutes a successful rest of the draft for the Vikings here? Few things. Uh, one is today at some point trading up to get into the second round. 
I think that constitutes it. And and look, I don't if you've decided that you're going to draft a pass rush end next or a quarterback, I don't know, but I they've they've got the they've got the capital right now to get back into round 2. They don't have a pick there. I think a successful rest of the draft starts with trading up and yes, yes, that's going to cost Rick some depth picks, okay? I'm sorry, Rick. It's just going to. But that's one. Uh two Positionally, I think you, you need to be looking at pass rush ends, safeties for sure, right? Um, I would say I would say one guard, at least a guard, uh, and then after that, linebacker. Mm-hmm. So I think between those two, but I would really like to see Rick give up some of his, you know, four third round picks or three fourth round picks and get into round two and take a player who should be taken in that round. Yep, I'm with you on that. I just don't want him to be trading back for seventh-round picks. A win for me, for Rick Spielman, would be for them to finish this draft without a seventh-round pick. And right now, they're on course to do that. I don't think they will, but yeah, you're right. Because normally what would happen is, like, let's say you go into the draft and you only have six or seven draft picks, right? And so he would want 10 or 11 by the end of the night. And then to do that, you would have to start spinning trades backwards, backwards, backwards. And maybe that yep. process doesn't start until the second or third round or whatever. And so by nature, you'd be picking up seventh round picks. They already have 11 picks. And they don't have any. Their 11 picks are all before the seventh round. Like, think about the value of that many yeah. picks before the seventh round. They've had eight seventh round picks the last two years. So my challenge to Rick Spielman is, can you fire off those 11 picks, either trading up or just oh. making the picks where they stand without acquiring a seventh. That That's going to be so tough. That's going to be so tough for them to do. And if That's they do, be so tough. It, it will guarantee that they have the best shot at actually getting talented players. Yeah. So And don't draft a punter. Don't pick in the seventh round. Uh, okay, what, what, special, okay, what special teams position would you not criticize them for drafting? Long got kicker. I mean, Punter, long oh, snapper. Long snapper. Never, never. Did you say long, long snapper? They drafted a long snapper. Long snapper, baby. Cutting was one and they had to cut him. No. No, long don't draft. No. Don't I mean, draft really, any of those positions. At the risk, I mean, come on. Like, is it really that hard for someone who's played okay. professional football to learn how to long snap? Like, an undrafted free agent. Come on. If you employ Zim as your coach, okay, I think let's come up with the positions that you should never draft guys at because with Mike as their coach, they are destined to fail as young men, right? With pressure okay. on them. Kicker, Kickers. punter, long snapper. Yep, exactly. Those are off the board. Not not because they're off the board for eternity, but because to give them to Zim is just, it's just silliness. So kicker, punter, long snapper, quarterback. Yeah, yeah, that's, that. well, unless it's Teddy, you're you're not wrong. I don't know. I mean, that. Teddy, t- t- Teddy physically cracked under the pressure of Mike Zimmer. I'm looking at this top long long snapper prospects in the 2021 draft from bnbfootball.com right now. You're sucking up to wow. Cohen and, right and, now. And I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking at Cameron Cheeseman, senior from Michigan. Oh, he, and, can really he, he can fire oh, he, that ball. Let, let, fire that ball. Give me this, just at least this, this first two sentence of this bio. It's the, like a rocket coming out of his ass, boys. Just the, absolute pure. The first word that comes to mind for Cheeseman <laughs> is prototype. At six foot four, two hundred and thirty-five pounds with solid athleticism, he looks the part and can tackle well in punt protection. But the most important part of any log snapper is consistency and snap speed. And Cheeseman gets a check mark in both of those categories. Sixth round Dude, pick, one ninety-nine. Sign me up, baby. Tom Brady pick. There's my log snapper. I am, I am not giving Zim anyone named Cheeseman. <laughs> Cheeseman. Hey, Cheeseman, hey, you bleeping. Cheeseman, dude. Cheeseman, come here, you're cut. You know how many great decide. Cheeseman jerseys the Vikings could oh, sell God. on their online shop? Cheeseman Packers belongs, play. that's what I was just going to say, Cheeseman belongs with one team <laughs> and one team only, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Yes. Cheeseman. Cheeseman. Um, uh, boys, before we before we get out of here and start cracking some seltzers for the weekend, uh, we do we do have an obligation every day. We're gonna win twins. We're gonna score. We're gonna win twins. Watch that baseball score. Twins are back. They just jacked a bunch of home runs the other day, and our twins conversations on this show are powered by Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. If you like to ride Harleys, whatever it is, sport bikes, Dennis Kirk is here for you with 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. 
apparel, clothing, helmets as well. Order before 8 p.m. and they ship the same who, day. Plus, shipping we, is free on orders over $89. Who, who do we got there, Judd? We're joined by Bert. He's oh, back. Bert? I thought it was Dude, Bert's, Bert. Bert's back. Bert's back. But maybe a Bert's Terry in Mulholland for a second there. I was He's got to some stats to read. Hold it, on a second. He's got it, some stats to read. His birthday to talk about. It is generic bearded bobblehead guy that yeah. they just painted a twins uniform on. <laughs> God. Find out more. Dennis Kirk, best <laughs> in the business. DennisKirk.com. Everything you need for your ride at DennisKirk.com. Uh, all right. The twins are back. They just hit a bunch of home runs the other day. And what roster moves did you see them make? Kepler's back from COVID. Yeah. they garlic, Declan's guy, Garlic, is back from COVID. Yep. Um, they, they optioned, I believe, Ryan Jeffers. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah. And they, they optioned. And they optioned. Brent Rooker, yes. Yeah. Okay. So wait. So so Jeffers is out. So that means Astadio is their backup catcher right now. Yeah. Unless there's another movement made, yes. That's that's the thing. That's interesting. Yeah. Garver that, and is that just a thing to get? I mean, Garver had had a nice, I think, showing. We had a couple bombs in that yep. second to last game. Is that is that just to get Garver going and playing every day? Like, is is that is that part of the strategy? Yeah, but he's a there? catcher, and you don't really want him yeah, playing I know. every day. I know. Day. True. True. It's just I don't know. I, Astadio is kind of a trainer. You know what? Catcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's one thing. Jeffers has been overwhelmed and he's look, he came up last year and played well, but right now he's not that good at anything. It ain't, it ain't like he's framing. I don't care what the framing say say. you do here. I don't care what the framing people say. I watch it with my own eyes and I've never seen a baseball jerked around the strike zone as much as I have by Jeffers and Garver is Garver is clearly more um, adept at framing pitches. Jeffers been has been awful at the plate, so I think this demotion is a good idea and was was earned. I don't like Ostadia being your main backup catcher. It is weird. Uh, although La Tortuga has uh, he hit that home run like everybody else did the other day, so his 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 bat has been a lot more reliable than Ryan Jeffers. Yes, and they like and they like to carry seventy three pitchers on their roster at all times because guy, guy, <laughs> guys have to be pulled out of the game when they go third tenth of the order. Um, I want to ask you guys a broadcast question for a second. So they're kind of so Dick Bramer the last couple of years with Judd's Burt Blyliv and Bobblehead. They've been kind of piecemealing it together. Roy Smalley was in the booth for uh, for a few games, and Justin Morneau has been in the booth for a lot of games. Latroy Hawkins. Do you like the rotating color commentators on Bally Sports North, or would you rather just like one guy, whether it's Justin or somebody else, get the the bulk of it and and just have it be Dick Bramer and Justin Morneau? So the last couple of years, I have liked the fact that they have had different people on different games. I have enjoyed it. I'm starting to get to a point where I would like a bit more consistency. And it is a shame that Smalley just can't do it. I think Roy is just fantastic. I think Roy is great. Don't and you think, is it because he's, I mean, he's got his financial advice. because he got a job, yeah. Or whatever. But like, That's if I could pick well. a guy, it's probably Roy. But like, so j- just into the first I think like two weeks of games. I don't know. He's been on since. So yeah, it, it's a little, it, it's getting a little bit too uh, piecemealed together for me personally. And I think that Roy is really, really damn good. I'm a big Roy guy too. I think I, the only thing with Roy is he doesn't, if you're, if you're trying to appeal to like the current generation of twins yeah. fans, he last played in the late eighties. I so. feel, I feel like beyond Jim Pete also with the transition from Fox sports North to Bally's, like they were all talked to about being more positive as well, though. Like the twins were playing awful baseball. They were playing awful. And again, I don't want you to light up players and do what I we do, do and I mean, call for guys you, to do. be cut. What? Wait, you, you kind of want that. I want. Well, want wait, that. wait. No, but what I want, I, but what I want is breakdowns of what's going wrong. Tell me why things are going wrong. And on the wild, the twins, it feels like they're backing awesome. away from that more. And I don't understand, like, like, I pay a lot for cable. Give me the truth, man. I want the truth. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you, I can handle, I can handle the truth. Can't handle, and I mean, Jim, handle the truth. And here's man. what I know. Here's what I know, you guys. Jim Pete, it's unbelievable. Like, he criticizes Cat in a constructive way, okay? Again, yes. never rips him. He criticizes Cat constantly for things that he should. And guess who learns? Judd learns. He likes that. Oh, he. Oh, Jim Pete's right. I didn't see that because I'm not Jim Pete. And it's like with Roy, there's more to give there. 
like Roy could really break down a lot of things. And I feel like they're not allowing it. And it's like when the twins stink, it's okay to say, Roy, what is this guy doing wrong? I mean, Roy used to come on our show and meticulously break down Sano's problems. Yes. And every time I learned a ton, I'm like, oh, that's what. So that's what I want back. I want the freedom for these guys not to rip uh, guys. That's fine. But to tell me what's gone wrong and why, because you played the game. But here's what would happen, right? And just some some behind the curtain stuff here. When Roy was a he was a daily guest on our old radio show on fifteen hundred ESPN, and he or not daily, a weekly guest, and he was amazing. Yeah. And and he would he would express sometimes when he would deliver these opinions. Hey, listen, I I'm not the hitting coach. The, you know, the the twin staff does a great job with these guys. These are just my opinions as an observer, right? He always had to couch it with. I'm not trying to step on anyone's toes. And that wasn't just him, you know, trying to be nice. I think that was I think that's them being told, don't criticize. We want to keep a positive spin on this thing, but Absolutely. There's a there's a middle ground there sometimes when you when the team's playing like garbage. It's okay to tell it like it is. You're not going to you're certainly I mean the fans are already mad that the team's <laughs> losing. And so you're only going to make it worse if you ignore the elephant in the room, right? Yes. I think you build you build a better connection. Jim, that's what Jim Pete is brilliant. The team's been mostly garbage for a long time. And there's only so much lipstick you can put on the pig, and it's fascinating. It it keeps me hooked as a fan when he's explaining the details of what a player could do better, and uh, and I love it. Now maybe sometimes those players get mad at him. I know Tom Thibodeau used to get super mad at him, and it was really uncomfortable behind the scenes for a while. But yep. you know, it happens. I I would it say happens. with uh, with ranking them, like I like Morneau the best. I think Morneau is the best uh, among the color guys. Actually, I really like Latroy Hawkins. I think Latroy does a really, really good job, too. I know he's only sprinkled in there every once in a while. He was on the YouTube broadcast. I liked him. He's I, super low-key. I need a little yeah, more energy from, from Latroy. A little, little more oomph. With, with Smalley, I, so I feel like with Smalley, when he's on a radio show or if you were even at a bar talking baseball with him, he's great. I think his issue is, too, just from a broadcasting perspective, I feel like when he's on TV, he's just it's uncomfortable for him. And he's gotten a lot better at that, by the way. Like When he first came in like five, six years ago, I just think he was a little uncomfortable with the I mean, TV's intimidating. It is. It's a completely different beast. But like when when you hear his perspective, you know, the dude absolutely knows his stuff. Like I, if I could take his baseball brain and put it into like Morno's comfortability zone when he's on TV, that's what I would want. I want to marry those two if I could. Just and the hair. Wrong. If we, if we could give Morno the Roy Smalley True. hair. Oh, Roy's got yeah, Roy's hair. Is great. Roy, yeah. Roy's hair is elite and always has been. <laughs> hey, boys. Really hey, boys. Is. Last night at the X, the wild lost, okay? Oh, God. But did you but did you see the major development? Dean Evison, after two terrible periods, took Victor Rask off the Kaprizov and Zuccarello <laughs> line. Hallelujah. <laughs> He took him off. Repeat that one more time. Okay. After two terrible periods against the Blues, the Wild took Victor Rask off the Zuccarello and Kaprizov line. There it is. Thank you, Dean Evison. He put Ryan Hartman on. I don't care who he put on. And guess what Rask did in typical Rask fashion on his new line, which included Declan's first sports love. Kevin Fiala. It is my first Rask, yes. Rask contributed. Declan and I, Phil, have been calling for this for probably a good portion of a month. Was it just a one period? Uh, we don't know. Or... We, we, we can't talk about We so, never talk about that. But this this has been, I'm dead serious. I think, Dex, this has been at least three weeks of us begging this begging. guy to take Rask. Like, Phil, he's he is he's like in a a time machine. Rask is skating in 1976 with two guys who played the game in 2021, and we have been begging Everson to make this change for anybody. Just get Rask off the line, and finally, after two, I guess, just awful periods last night, they did it. The Wild rallied to tie the game at four, and then lost in overtime. Never underestimate the power of Mackie and Judd and Purple Daly. Seriously, and the influence we have in this Amen, town. brother. Yep. God, even even Kevin Gorg is tweeting out the Score North Dalla Dalla Bill Kirill graphic. Oh, did he? 
Yes. No, I love Gorgie, though. That's Gorg, Gorg's the best, man. I love Kevin Gorg. But, but he, He's amazing. He took a screenshot of clearly the tweet, and you can even see our score north watermark on, on the pro- – because shout out to A.J. Fredrickson, a, who's a great photoshopper. He's a competitor. He's a competitor. And uh, he said, let's go. Kirill Capri. Of course it's this guy. And there's just a little score north watermark on that dollar dollar bill. We set, the, we set the bar, and we everyone do. else just tries I'd to match it. He got a text or phone call from an employer. Probably both. <laughs> Probably both. I love it. Probably everybody called hey, him. I, I've got, a, I've, I've got a, a, a fun little nugget here from Chris Thomason, Vikings beat writer from the uh, Pioneer Press, to wrap the week here on Mackie and Judd. And by the way, for people wondering, Action Movie Rewind, oh, yeah. there's just so much draft. We had Gerson today. Action Movie Rewind next week, Cobra with Sly Stallone. Yeah. So next Friday we'll get that back in the mix. But. I want to leave you guys on a, a positive note here, a Vikings draft-related note, okay? A look back in history. Chris Thomason tweets, Wide receiver Troy Williamson, taken number seven by the Vikings in the 2005 draft, turns 38 years old today. Williamson's NFL career didn't go too well, but he has become a successful businessman operating a witch-witch sandwich restaurant in his native Aiken, South Carolina, and as a motivational speaker. Yeah, so that's bravo awesome. To Troy Williamson, yeah, he's very... a witch witch sandwich witch restaurant witch. and speaking motivationally to whoever he speaks to. Matt Foley, just don't throw him the mic. He's Matt Foley, hand him the mic. Don't toss it. Let me tell you something. What he lives in a van down by he the lives... river. <laughs> I'm a former receiver that lives in a van down by the river. Find the witch witch. I'm a motivational <laughs> speaker. So when that ball is coming to you in Denver and you're wide open and it bounces off your face mask, just remember, oh you could be God. living in a van down by a river, too, if you don't get your act together. He could be a motivational speaker for guys that can't run routes and catch. Cordero Patterson, let me tell you something. I love how you just blended he, into, like, Hulk, Hulk Hogan. Hogan now? Let me tell you something, brother. Which, by the way, come on, you guys. I got the WrestleMania we, 6 we got, champion uh, versus champion. We got backlash here. this Sunday, I believe, don't we? In WWE, yeah, I'm kind oh, of wait, out, what? I'm kind of out again on WWE. Yeah, I, I, I believe it's uh, it's, it's a pay per view. This oh, and I've, I've still got my my Judd re- reviews. The uh, ne- last one that right. we didn't do next week. The DMX, formation, right? No, no, DX. DMX DX. is a is very different. Yeah, DMX. <laughs> I've, DX. Anyway, I watched it. I've got notes. I've got thoughts. Okay, Degeneration okay. X. The formulation of Degeneration X. Yes. All right, boys, uh, Purple Daily live stream tonight, rounds two and three, and uh, we'll also have all kinds of Purple Daily content throughout the weekend, too. So please subscribe to our YouTube channels, Score North and Purple Daily, and spread the word, Minnesota Sports Daily Entertainment, Mackie and Judd, and Purple Daily. See you guys next time. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.